Hey, 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 welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, we are at home uh, dealing off some illness. Uh, Joey Wagner is in Minnesota. We'll see if he'll join us, but we got you covered tonight as Illinois wins at Minnesota 78-60. A very competitive first half as Illinois had a lot of foul trouble in the first half. Dane Danger, Coleman Hawkins, and Terrence Shannon all go to the bench with two fouls. But Leib season is here. Uh, Ty Rogers steps up. Sincere Harris, Jaden Epps, and Matthew Meyer, uh, who had one of his best games of his college career, 19 points and 10 rebounds. Derek Piper, I felt that was a mature win that that really shined, uh, where Illinois' depth uh, really shined in this one. Yeah, definitely. A very business-like approach where you know that you're coming off a, a high at home, sold-out crowd, big win over Michigan State, and it's kind of the log jam in between another big one coming up this week at home against the Hoosiers where you don't want to have that letdown at Minnesota. And the fact that Minnesota did win that game at Ohio State maybe got your attention a little bit more. Otherwise, it's been a team that until that point didn't have a high major win. They're now 1-6, now 1-7 in, in high major games, but not a very good team. They do have a couple of talented players, but uh, kind of a, a slog of a first half, like you mentioned, with the foul trouble I know we've kind of gone through the scenario of if and when Dane and Coleman both pick up two fouls, usually we're like, oh, if, if it happens against Zach Eady or Dickinson or Trace, like happens against Minnesota and you're able to weather the storm. I thought Matthew Meyer in particular in the first half was great, continues to play awesome uh, at both ends of the floor, gets continues to have blocks. And I think that his ability to make plays off the dribble in addition to his three-point jumper is really good. You mentioned the role guys. I thought that was a – a big thing that I was looking for tonight is how are some of the other complementary pieces going to step up in a game where they should stand out because Minnesota's dead last in the Big Ten and the worst defensive team in particular in the Big Ten. So Ty being able to have some finishes, some good energy. And, and yeah, I mean, Brandon Lee coming off the bench and not hurting you. Uh, that he gave you a little and one there and, and a block on Dawson Garcia. Epps got in the lane. Sincere did some good things. It was it was good to see some of those other guys in addition to, you know, the big three that's been come here recently of, of Dane, Shannon, and Meyer. Derek, I, this isn't a win you're going to look back on during the season. See, like that, that was the huge win. Like, you need to win this game. But the fact that they win by 18 after having some issues, right, some, some foul calls in the first half that didn't go their way, you find a way to win your fourth game in a row. And a team that hadn't won – back-to-back games since late November has now won four Big Ten games in a row, including two on the road. I know it's Nebraska and Minnesota, the two worst teams in the Big Ten, but we're starting to see a consistency from this team. And I don't know how else to explain it. We've talked about the addition by subtraction, potentially. Tom Izzo brought that up with Sky Clark leaving. But this is just playing, this team is just playing like a team. Like, right, they they finally seem to fit into their roles. They're comfortable in their roles. They're running offense through Dane Danger and Terrence Shannon. Matthew Meyer is playing the best team ball he's played all year. Jade Nepps looks comfortable as a lead guard, and all of a sudden, Sincere Harris and Ty Rogers, uh, they know where their playing time is going to come. Right, like it just it, it's pretty amazing that in two weeks this team goes from zero and three to four and three in the Big Ten, bottom of the Big Ten, Derek, to I think fourth now in the Big Ten. Right, and it was uh, backs against the wall, need to kind of respond here to, to make sure you're not going to be on the bubble or even worse, going through the rest of the season. And they've done that. They've been able to put themselves back in the picture, back in at least the middle of the pack of the Big Ten, chance to climb even higher and really get into contention. We'll see if 
Purdue's going to slip up at all for the next couple of weeks. Big win for them today in East Lansing, but that's who everybody's chasing. But Illinois can kind of get into position, and the Rutgers is up there. Uh, Michigan still has a decent record in the Big Ten. I'm not sure how long that's going to last. Illinois can be in Big Ten title contention and just continue to bolster their record and their resume. So uh, while this isn't one that this is this is one of those games that can only hurt you. It, yeah. it would have been a a bad loss, um, you know. Minnesota in the net rankings is in the 200 so that they're terrible but uh, yeah like you said it's a team that has an identity now and I think that with the schematic changes they know what they're doing defensively they know what they're doing at the offensive end and, and having that flow and can play through Dane inside uh, can have different guys be able to have continued action when things kind of stagnate a little bit at least that's what would happen if the first option was taken away in the five-out offense, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, boy, what do we do? We stand, and we take an ISO shot. Now it's, no, we continue to work with the cutting, with the two-man game. It, it just keeps this team flowing through, and I think the, I think it's a good point about guys settling in their roles. Like, Epps knows he needs to get in the lane. He's done that pretty much at will, uh, night in and night out. And Ty comes off the bench and brings energy, and Sincere uh, can do the same thing in that starting lineup. And I think it's a team that now just is gelling more together uh, and knows who they are. And they're, and then you, you add that on to add on to that with some consistency. And I think that defensively, that's kind of where they're, they're building up from. That's their baseline. And, and on offense, they're still able to, to execute and, and have some good ball movement. Dominance in the paint, 50 to 29 rebound advantage points in the paint, 54 to 28. That's part Dame, but part just getting to the rim. And I think their length shined. Like it was clear, uh, Matthew Meyer, uh, his length shined uh, down there. Ty Rogers with his effort. Uh, we'll get more into him here. Um, but let's bring up Matthew Meyer here, Derek, because he's playing not the best basketball, just Illinois. He is playing the best basketball of his college career and, and Brad Underwood was asked by by Joey or Joey or um uh, Andrew Kimball Andy Kimball after the game like what is different about Matt and he said he's in shape he has a six-pack now I don't think that's all it is but he certainly looks like the the athlete we saw at Baylor uh but more importantly like he's just playing the role I think he needs to and some nights that is getting up 14 shots when Shannon and Danger and Hawkins go to the bench uh but his effort on rebounds his effort on defense He's just so much more consistent on that end. So what do you think is clicked for Matthew Meyer? I do think it is a physical thing, uh, obviously factored in there because he is able to play longer extended minutes. He does look healthier, more in shape, whatever combination of that, the the fasting and everything that he's done to get his body right uh, has factored in there too. And I think he is playing, which has been a storyline here recently, a better job of playing within the, the offense, more team basketball, I think he's making here recently less mistakes defensively. We'll see if that is able to continue to sustain where he's maybe gambling a little bit less or kind of having those possessions where he just has mental lapses. Uh, we're not seeing those as prevalent. And obviously he's now stacking it up where you know he's a, he's a handful of blocks every night. Uh, he's a guy that's very active, can get some deflections, can get some steals. And then tonight it was just a good example of we didn't have Shannon, who you run a lot of offense through. We didn't have Dane, who you run a lot of offense through. You could put the ball in Myers' hands, and he could make the right play and not just try to hero ball it. And I think that also here recently, like some games he's gotten in the in the past, he's gotten a little too comfortable with, all right, I'm just going to be the guy that chucks threes tonight. I'm just going to be the guy that if there's enough of an opening, I'm going to shoot that three ball. Now, he's you still want him to take in-rhythm 
catch and shoot threes, but he's getting to the rim. Like, he's been able to to do a good job of probing the defense, finishing around the rim. And now when you kind of put that all together, he's playing with a lot of confidence and obviously has comfort in what they're doing. Yeah, three threes tonight, but five layups uh, for Matthew Meyer. Really used his length on some of those Minnesota wings uh, to do that. The, la- the first eight games of his Illinois career, Derek, he averaged five points per game. During the last 10, he's averaged 15. He's got double digits uh, in nine of those 10. So certainly that is the top 10 transfer Illinois thought it was getting that uh, they beat out North Carolina, as, as you've mentioned for uh, before. And you know how many blocks he had in those first eight games? I think it was two. How many? He's had seventeen in like the last six games. It's insane. Like, you know, when he he brought up being a Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year through eight games, I was like, what? <laughs> right. Uh, he's starting to make an impact. Uh, certainly on that end, I still think Dane Danger is the most impactful defender on this team. But you see where this length is is really starting to to change things for them. The other guy you got to be really excited about, Derek, you tweeted about this, that this was a, a great opportunity for Ty Rogers to build on some of the signs we've seen the last couple of games. Uh, played 22 minutes tonight, eight points, eight rebounds, certainly played a lot in the second half, but just his activity, man. He's a junkyard dog. He, he's This is why I was so excited about when they landed him because he can make an impact on, the de- on defense and on the glass this early in his career, and he's pretty he's a pretty dang good passer. Uh, as well so what have you what have you made of uh, Ty Rogers breakout here uh, if we want to call it that the last few games yeah he's just a guy that's stuck with it and he's continued to bring the energy we know that's going to be something that he's going to be able to count on night in and night out he's going to play hard defensively he's going to be physical Uh, he's fouling less on defense I know that was an issue kind of earlier in the season where he couldn't play sustained minutes even if he wanted to because he was fouling a little bit too much offensively the game seems to have slowed down a little bit for him. We'll see if he can do that against some higher level of competition. You know, his best games here recently have seemed to come against, you know, Nebraska, Minnesota, teams where you look for that type of success and things to build on. So tonight against a team that 14th in the league, dead last in defensive efficiency, uh, to, to get a chance to finish around the basket, which he did really well. And uh, there was a moment where Shannon drives off a pick and roll and Rogers cuts baseline and is able to get a bucket there. So uh, he's got really good feel. He's got a, an ability to to finish there because of his his build, uh, because he can attack, and I, I just think that he's playing with a little bit more controlled, more a little bit more composed energy. So, uh, and then get on the glass. I mean, that's something that's going to be rewarded with offensive rebounds, obviously effort plays. So, it's something that he can can continue to build on. And this is just a game where. It, it just set up perfectly to have one of those kind of launching pad games. And then maybe, maybe he gives you one of these against Indiana or Ohio state at home. And then you'd be like, all right, that's, that's where he can kind of roll that momentum on forward. Uh, Sean put in, I knew sincere Harris should start. I called it after the UCLA game. Good for you, Sean. Uh, seven points, eight rebounds, three assists. I, I don't know how much I love the aggressive takes to the rim uh, when he's uh, getting contended at the rim. Uh, he's not been great at the field goal, field goal percentage at the rim. I'll, I'll look it up on hoop math here, Derek. But uh, he did get a few to go, including a circus shot. But one thing you can never question is his defensive intensity and, of course, his intensity on, on the glass today uh, to get eight rebounds. Like Illinois had six players with four-plus rebounds today. Harris, Epps, Rodgers, culture guys like those are brad underwood kind of guys oh definitely yeah guys are going to bring that 
that grit, that dog, all that uh, with those. Uh, and then guys that you really, I think that obviously with Sincere and Ty have a chance to be really, really good defenders. We're already seeing Sincere do it a lot. Rogers battles defensively. Uh, and yeah, be, being able to get in the lane and make plays. Uh, Sincere does have to finish at the rim better. I don't know how the heck he got the over the head behind, you know, no look one to go down. I, I think it's a great thing that he did. Cause I'm not sure if we would have seen him the rest of the night yeah. if he didn't make that because he had had two blown layups. Uh, one was contested one, not as much. And then if you would have thrown that up there and it didn't go in, I mean, that would have been one that would have been hard to come back from uh, at least, but to his credit, he's continued to play with confidence, continued to play with aggression. He had a, a great one of a, a rebound down low, coast-to-coast take. That that one looked really nice with the offhand with the right hand. Uh, but I, I did look it up on Synergy. Into this game, he was 13 for 29 on shots at the rim, which is bottom 4 or 5% in, in the NCAA. So uh, I think in general, just especially contested, contested at the rim is something that he's really got to be able to get better at. But, uh, I mean, the rebounds, the energy, the defense – those are all great things. Even chips in three assists tonight. Uh, I think that we've seen a lot of good things from Sincere. The next one is being able to consistently finish around the bucket. Derek, been waiting for it for three years. It is officially leap season. How about Brandon Lee? Listen, we can we can joke. Uh, I, I have a lot of fun. Like it's, it's great to see a guy who hasn't played is a spot minutes guy come in and make a positive impact. Like Dawson Garcia is a bad matchup for him. Took him off the bounce a few times, but Brandon Lee came in and Brandon Underwood played him a career high 12 minutes tonight. I think it was nine in the first half when Danger and Hawkins got in foul trouble. Listen, I don't think it's going to go well against Zach Eady or Hunter Dickinson or whatever it is. But four points, two strong finishes at the rim. I think he wouldn't have been able to do that last year or the year before. I just feel happy for Brandon Lee, man. Like I just feel so happy for a guy who is grinded, uh, gets an opportunity, and you know what? He helped Illinois get a halftime lead. He did. Yeah, no, he deserves the credit tonight. I think the, there was one play you could highlight when Dawson Garcia drives by him, like, oh, you got to – you got to stop this. You got to put somebody back in there who has two fouls. But, I mean, to his credit, he continued to battle. He got a couple of, to respond at the other end, like you said, to be able to get some some offensive rebounds and putbacks. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, he battled. I know Garcia maybe was off balance or whatnot when he blocked him. Still got a block on a guy that just put up 28 on Ohio State. And he didn't hurt you. Like, the fact of he was able to be out there didn't hurt you. When you can play your third center, a guy that has played very, very sparingly to this point, and, like, is he going to be able to give you a whole lot? Are you going to build on this? Are you going to throw him out in games where Dane and, and Coleman aren't in foul trouble? No, but you wonder if there's going to be another moment. There probably will be where guys have two fouls, and he, and someone, whether it's him or Zachary Perrin, clearly uh, Underwood still isn't comfortable with, with Perrin at this point yeah. uh, to put him in a game. But uh, Brandon, it was a big moment there where Minnesota maybe could have taken the lead or – it could have momentum could have really stuck there on the gopher side with the foul trouble, especially after Terrence joined them on the bench too. And, and Brandon was able to battle and, and, and be able to help you. Yeah. I, I thought Jade made a couple big buckets uh, early in that run. Uh, obviously Rogers gave you good minutes and Meyer was, was fantastic, but Meyer had a great dish right to Brandon Lee and trust him to, to finish that one. So got to feel good for, for that guy, um, you know, stepping up with that kind of performance here, Derek, um, as we look at this team moving forward, Derek, five of their next seven games are at home. They've won four straight. Now, it's not an easy 
um, seven games ahead. They got some of the better teams in the Big Ten, but you do have um, some teams that aren't playing all that well coming up, and that starts with Indiana. I know they won their last game, but Indiana's struggling right now at this point. Ohio State uh, is struggling right now at, at this point. So it's a it's an opportunity for Illinois with Indiana at home, Ohio State at home. On the road at Wisconsin is always difficult, but I think Illinois is way more talented than Wisconsin. Nebraska at home. Iowa on the road is going to be a tough one. Iowa's getting hot too. And then Minnesota at home, Rutgers at home. Like That is the opportunity to get towards the front of this Big Ten race. I, I think Purdue, that was such a big win for them tonight uh, against Michigan State, a team that was down Malik Hall. That's kind of the performance you expect. The team loses one of its best players all of a sudden the first game back. They, they seem to have a great performance. But if they're going to f- kind of make up some ground and put themselves towards the top of this Big Ten race, put themselves in the mix for a top four seed in the, in the Big Ten tournament, NCAA tournament, this feels like the stretch. Yeah, it definitely is. This is always a month where Illinois is supposed to make hay. When you look at the early road games, the fact that their first three in January at Northwestern, at Nebraska, at Minnesota, and then the, the biggest games have been at home. And you've taken care of business and, and did a good job against Wisconsin, obviously without Tyler Wall, but you you were able to to take that advantage, and, and Illinois played really well in that game. And then uh, against Michigan State at home. So now you catch Indiana. Yeah, they just blew out Wisconsin in a um, kind of a must-win game for them in Bloomington. And, and they're still wounded without race and without Xavier Johnson. But, uh, yeah, Trace Jackson Davis against Danes are going to be a really interesting big-time battle down low. Uh, Indiana still struggles to score. Like, that's kind of been – the you know insert that into the last six seasons for indiana they're a really good defensive squad uh they'll make illinois work for a lot of shots we saw kind of michigan state come in and and make illinois offense really really labor there in the first half but uh that's a game that is is one you should win on paper uh it's going to be a tough one but you get advantage of the home crowd and then illinois just playing a lot better basketball than indiana here of late and i think ohio state's lost four in a row now is, is that right yeah dropping that one to, to minnesota uh, they've lost some tight ones. Uh, they lost the overtime one to Rutgers yesterday. So uh, a talented Ohio State team. We know that they can really score. We see their top five in the country offensive efficiency, but uh, not good defensively. So, yeah, those two games, like you mentioned, kind of going go to Iowa later in the year, or I should say later in the month. That's a, that's a big game. But uh, this is really a chance to – we'll see if, if Purdue can keep it up. Now, their schedule's – pretty favorable too after being able to get one today you look at their minnesota on the road home maryland at michigan like and then two home games michigan state penn state they could go another two three weeks without without losing yeah. so um they could build a nice lead but just to put yourself in the in the conversation and even if you were to finish you know top two top three in the big 10 you're probably talking what top five seed in the in the yeah. NCAA tournament at least no oh, absolutely uh and Derek I think this all starts is defensive consistency right whether it's not fouling like they did against Northwestern uh being connected uh and tough unlike against Missouri um in, in Penn State it just seems like they're actually looking at the scouting report right like um defensively they've turned a huge corner and the other part offensively like this team I think we always thought was going to be really good offensively but um the part that is really intriguing to me is the turnovers have gone way down. They're averaging under 10 turnovers the last four games during this winning streak. Before that, they were averaging over 14. 
uh, and that just limits teams' opportunity to get into fast breaks. And I think that's been one of the biggest things uh, is the lack of turnovers. And as you said, not rushing these bad shots that are as bad as turnovers and leading to runouts and all that. Like, um, there's much more composed offensively and much more connected defensively. Definitely. Yeah. On, on defense, the ability to guard the three-point line, to be able to kind of guard your yard and, and not have to be in scramble mode so much with the switching and, and feel like you got to help a bunch. And uh, also just the ability with their length to contest the rim. We talked a lot about that when you're top 10 in the country coming in tonight and number one block shot rate and also two-point field goal percentage defense. You can just really make it tough for teams to be able to find baskets and even if you are having some tough stretches offensively for teams to really be able to to pull away or, or to get momentum. And and even when you're looking, especially when you're looking at lesser teams, uh, I mean, even if, I don't know if you, if even if you don't want to look at Missouri and Penn state as that, but like allowing those teams to just right off the bat, just blitz you offensively and have so many breakdowns and so many open threes, then you're in trouble. Then you're, then you're having a, a time where you got a, an opponent that's really confident and, it's hard to, to flip that switch back off. So uh, Illinois making less mistakes defensively. We've seen in the past these teams, while they've had a lot of offensive talent too, like consistent, really good defense, one of the top defenses can help you win on the road, can help you sustain consistency throughout a long stretch of time. And, and yeah, offensively, just less self-destruct mode, <laughs> less t- turnovers, less bad shots. And, and those were the things that were hurting your defense because you're just allowing runouts. All right, let's get to some comments uh, from some of the people on our live YouTube show. Appreciate you guys, as always, spending another night with us. A little earlier night is, is nice for us. Uh, maybe not Joey as much. Mate, you can get to uh, – what's the bar we go to uh, in, in Minnesota? Oh, Lions Pub? Is that it? I think that's it. Always open. Oh, the only bar that is always open. Otherwise, it's kind of been uh, dead in Minneapolis the last couple of times. So he should be in early enough to where he can get to the Lions Pub uh, with some of the other beat writers that, that made the trip. All right, Steve says. There be a lot of uh, <laughs> sad Vikings fans in there that need to drink off that one. That's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, Steve said, it wasn't addition by subtraction. It was starting Harris and Danger, which changed the attitude of this team. Uh, Derek, what, what do you think of that? But one thing that was clear tonight, and Brad Underwood said in his postgame, they made it a point to run offense early and often when Dane Danger was on the court through Dane Danger. Yeah, I think that the, the whole addition by subtraction thing, I, we could spend like an entire podcast on, on trying to figure out what really changed the Illinois. There's multiple factors. It wasn't just guy left. And I, we, we've never said that as just pinpointing on one guy leaving and all of a sudden, you know, think, everything was right with Illinois. But the timing of it, Illinois had had to win. They lost three straight high major games by double digits. It was time to really figure it out, sink or swim, and, and then Sky leaves, and that's just more adversity this team had to face. So uh, I think that really put this team in a position to come together now or, or see what happens, and they, they did come together. And then the schematic changes, just the time and practice, the ability to get familiar with each other uh, on that front obviously took some time to click and then it did but yeah playing through Dane as part of this this offensive shift has been a big part of that uh sincere where you had some games where you didn't come you came out flat you didn't have the same energy and emotion as intensity as as Missouri and Penn State when you got a guy like sincere hounding the ball from the very tip that helps you out on that front too so I do think it's a variety of factors but those two have definitely contributed to helping as well yeah and I will add this Sky Clark was not playing well 
Yeah, he was right. not. He was not defensively, especially. I think that was hurting Illinois. His offense was up and down, but you kind of sometimes had to have the ball in his hands. And I feel like other guys are starting to thrive a little bit as the ball moves a little bit. But I agree with you. Um, it is everyone else stepping up, better into roles, the schematic changes, and yeah, getting getting sincere into the starting lineup. It seems like it's given him an edge. Uh, and then now Ty yeah. bringing that as well. Uh, I think that was necessary for this team. Uh, I even think I even think with Jaden too, like Jaden taking more of the reins at point guard. Jaden getting in the lane and break things down. That was something this guy wasn't doing a whole lot, which was kind of surprising. Because I felt like with his body, he would be able to do that. Uh, Jake said, "You guys nailed the Ty Rogers Draymond Green uh, comparison." The thing about Draymond that we have to remember, the reason I made that comp is because Ty is the most Michigan State player Illinois has had. In a very long time. And Draymond, his first two years, uh, was not a huge score. He did average 10 his second year, but didn't shoot the ball. He didn't shoot threes. Uh, but he got rebounds. He passed the ball well. was a junkyard dog. And then he started to be able to shoot some threes. And, and obviously, we know what his NBA career has been. But it was more the prospect, Draymond Green, uh, the type of player he is, is coming in as a freshman. That's what I think Ty Rogers has the potential to give you, even with a slow start, Derek, like, he might outnumber Draymond Green's freshman year. Uh, Draymond averaged three points, three rebounds, one assist, one steal, basically, uh, in his his freshman year. And that's what I thought Ty Rogers could do, and, and we're starting to see that. Yeah, that's been great to see. That, I mean, the fact that he can be that gritty effort player, kind of do it all, Swiss Army knife, uh, be able to defend, be able to pass, score around the basket, even though, like you said, sh- the jump shot in particular, something that's really going to have to come along. Even, I mean, the free throws have been an issue for him here recently, but yeah, the process of becoming that type of potential all league player at some point, I mean, when you're a top 50 prospect like Ty was, and it was on team USA, you think that that could be in his future, but yeah, the process of, of becoming that two way type of do it all player, maybe even a point forward at some point in his career down the road because of his passing, because of his skill, uh, those are things that he can definitely build. But, yeah, it is, it's one of those culture guys, program guys, and, and someone that's just going to be a winner throughout his yeah. career. I mean, that's what he had done prior to this, and, and you think that that's going to continue. And it's great to see him start to build confidence and break out a little bit. And Sincere is the same way, like just, just winners. Those are guys you need on your team. So he's got some scores around him, and, and Jaden certainly uh, feels very comfortable in that lead guard role. Kai, I think the national media owes Underwood and Meyer an apology, but Illinois always plays better when they're being counted out. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think Illinois was upset that uh, they weren't in the rankings today. Uh, at least Brad Underwood probably wasn't. I don't know if anybody owes him an apology. They were playing terrible basketball. They were playing uninspired basketball. And you know what that caused? Brad Underwood to change everything. Like, he changed his starting lineup. He changed his scheme on both ends of the court. So I don't know if anyone owes Brad Underwood an apology unless they were talking about, like, how hard he is on his players, but he has changed that a little bit. Like he's still, you can still hear Brad Underwood uh, throughout games, but I think he understood like he had to lead more. And I thought Robbie Hummel and Trent Meacham made a great point in the post game of who's the leader on this team. It's Brad Underwood. Like I think Terrence has these moments. Meyer has these veteran moments that you're starting to see come up, but I do think it's Brad Underwood. That's taking more of the, the vocal role, whether it's getting on his guys or building them up a little bit. It seems like a little more. Yeah, definitely. I think that the less uh, in terms of the mistakes defensively and, and then just uh, figuring out the effort piece, that will help you. It's not hard to figure out what's 
making Brad Underwood angry? What's making yes. him get in your grill? Like if you answer the call, if, if you play with sustained effort, if you move the ball, if you take good shots, he's not going to be yelling as much. He's not going to be afraid to do that. But I, I do think that after the Northwestern game, and, and he, he really wanted to kind of change the tone a little bit and wanted it to be more player led, which is still a process. I fully agree with that. But now that they played better, it's it's no coincidence that maybe he's not as demonstrative or, or crazy on the sidelines. I don't think the national media is, has to maybe do an apology because if you're talking about them highlighting the conflict at Illinois, I mean, Illinois laid it out for you. Like they <laughs> exactly. played terrible basketball, and they said in the press conferences a whole bunch of stuff about they need to figure out the chemistry. Brad and and under and Meyer weren't on the same page, which Meyer said flat out. So uh, I do think maybe some people who – who wrote them off if they did. I know that Robbie Hummel at, at one time called them the most dis- disappointing team in the country. I thought that was maybe a little bit too far. I think they were in the conversation. Like, yeah. should they have eclipsed, you know, a, a Michigan who was worse, Kentucky? Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think maybe it was it was too much. I don't know. They, they were at the time in the very short list of they were teams, on the list. especially given the wins that they had earlier uh, in the season. Um, Keith says, come on, Piper, bend that bill. Not too much. Not too much. <laughs> who who on the Cardinals actually doesn't bend the bill? Like, is that allowed oh, in St. Louis? Hmm. <laughs> it's like having I mean, a beard remember... in the Yankees. You can't do it. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of bill bending there, uh, I think, with the Cardinals. I just, no I page or strokes. Anthony... Yeah, you guys respect the game too much to, to bend that bill. <laughs> I remember Anthony Reyes, the guy with the stirrups, and he, he almost, like, ironed his – that's a, that's a name for – not, not yeah. this recent Anthony Reyes. Maybe I'm thinking of the guy who pitched in the World Series against the Tigers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was Anthony Reyes, right? You're thinking yeah, of Alex yeah, Reyes here recently. Yeah. Um, by the way, Joey uh, Joey Wagner just said, Illini head coach Brad Underwood said Nicolo Moretti is a guy he will not even look at trying to play. He's going to eat, sleep, Adam Fletcher and Palmer Johnson. Palmer's the dietitian. And get stronger and get bigger. Thank you, Brad. Can you say the same about Perrine? I mean, that if, if there's going to be redshirt guys, these are the redshirt guys. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that would make sense. I, I still think that if he was dead set on that with with Zachary Perrine, he probably would have came out and said it, I, I believe. It makes sense for Moretti, who's, I believe, still listed at like 155, 160. I get it. I don't even want to say it because I don't want to be the, the guy that like jinxed it or anything. But if you had an issue with, with Jaden Epps, you know, having to miss some time or whatever it might be. I know I just said it, but uh, then you'd be thin at point guard uh, where you're already pretty thin, but I guess they've determined that I don't know how much Moretti can come in as a, as a freshman point guard, which we, as we know already can be a tough transition. Yeah. Now you throw him into the fire with no practice, you know, in terms of the off off season, the summer, any of that stuff. And then learning, a, learning a system on the fly too. Uh, it's a long-term play. It's more about trying to get him ready for next year, and there's plenty of time to, to allow him to develop and practice in, in the weight room. Yeah. Uh, say hey to Cade for me. The, Mark says the yeah. preseason hype around Dane was warranted. He's developing into a powerful presence on both ends of the court. He's improving week by week. Yeah, Brad came out, and yeah, we, we heard some things uh, from the staff off the record about Dane's going to be awesome. But like he, he started to – lean back on that a little bit uh i think some of his staff are like hey can we, can we let this guy play a little bit but he's certainly Derek is is one of the most impactful players when he is on the court because what he does defensively 
is ridiculous. And then just to have that low post option, like in the post Kofi Coburn world, he's different than Kofi, but he gives you some of the similar things at the rim. For sure. And a guy that was a top 50 prospect when he committed to Baylor, Illinois recruited him hard or, or they really tried to get in the mix there. They, they weren't able to be in that final group for him. So they've known his talent and I got a chance to watch him. I knew that he was super skilled offensively, just kind of a, a different player with that big body and the way that his feet were able to move and that he could handle it and it was just very skilled uh, what I didn't know was the defense and there was no real indication of that obviously because he hadn't played the, the college level so ability to play in that drop to have the wingspan and, and be able to defend there and then you just don't know how he's going to score against guys that are that are more legit you know high major athletes and yeah. big time uh, big, t- big 10 big men I think that's why coming up against the likes of Trace, when you're going to see Zed Key against Ohio State, we'll, we'll see later in the season. Obviously, when you get the Hunters and the, and the Zach Eadies and whatnot, but uh, Dane has been a, a mid to low major feaster. We, yeah. we saw that earlier in the year where he just put up some crazy numbers and it was just unstoppable. Not to say he wasn't good uh, in spurts against some of the, the higher major competition, but now he's starting to, to dominate against Big Ten guys. And yeah, he's. He's been as as advertised, and, and he was advertised pretty pretty highly. So um, that says a lot about Dane, and and obviously his conditioning and body transformation has been a big deal too. Joey Wagner, we're about to wrap up. We got to let you weigh in here, man. Uh, how'd you like the barn, by the way? It's vintage. I like the barn. It's fine. Yeah, it's, I mean it's it's different, right? Like, yeah. look at Piper. It's fine. Piper's back. It's fine. I mean it's it's old, dude. Uh, there's kind of high up here i don't know it's okay uh, nebraska is still kind of my number one right now Ooh, i like it um so joey anything really stand out to you in brad underwood's post game no i mean i, I just think it's the depth jeremy i know you wrote about in the quick hits and, and i'll follow up on on that with this story but this wasn't i mean they had two open roster spots coming into the season uh yeah that's right two open scholarships so it's not like this was a team that was like touted for having so many guys and you know brad underwood's gonna have to start weeding people out of the rotation i mean we wondered about depth at key position center being one and i still don't think it's like the best in the big 10 depth or anything along those lines but it's formidable when you need it in six minute stretches in the first half for brandon Lieber. or you're starting to see some of those freshmen ty rogers uh sincere harris jay naps man he's he's awfully good uh but, but you start to see some of those freshmen come along and, and just are able to provide more of those minutes remember guys we didn't know that sincere harris going into the season was gonna like we thought he might have been the odd freshman out of the rotation mix he's starting for them he's playing really good defense the offense is pretty up and down um but even getting six points a game out of him is outstanding if you can get it so i, I think that's starting to develop a little bit still a long way to go and certainly you don't want to have to rely on it but Brad talked about how the, the early season schedule is starting to kind of pay dividends, so this isn't a total shock uh, when they check in Big Ten games. Yeah, Joey, is there uh, – who? which players were you able to talk to and what did you glean from them? Brandon Lee, podium game. Yes! It is Brandon. official. Derek, throw the confetti. It is leave season. It is, Jim, it Jim, is Jimmy, we have this season. new system. I, there's no, like, confetti thing. You can <laughs> – you can edit into this. I got to figure that out. Uh, give me some, I'm give, stunned you didn't give do me some time. With this, but it, that first leave post game podium game, awesome. I think ever. I think ever. Right. <laughs> Good for him. I mean, he, I asked him. I'm like, dude, you've been here three years. You I mean this has got to feel good? You contributed in that first half to a win on the road, and like, 
yeah, Minnesota's not very good, and that's exactly yeah. the game you should have won by, but, like, you needed him in that first half to step in and do something that wasn't, like, disastrous, and it's put in a lot of work. I had to go in there and get that opportunity. It was cool for him to get his first career podium game. We talked to Matthew Meyer, which is uh, generally fireworks, and it, he's a fun guy to talk to, first career double-double, That's which is stunning to me, really. Uh yeah, man. He he said he knew it about seven left that he was gonna he was on the verge and started kind of hawking out some of those boards. And then we talked to Dane Danger. It was a homecoming for him. Uh, Derek, I, I saw. Uh, I know Minnesota. Depending on who you talk to, either lightly recruited him or, or who, who knows. Um, Is this like a Hunter Dickinson Maryland situation? They I actually mean, offered him, and his dad played there. But apparently now Ben Johnson recently said that they didn't try that hard or. That's some kind of excuse for it, but yeah. Anytime you can not try hard on a top fifty kid in your backyard who's a legacy kid, you've got to take that opportunity do that. to rewrite that narrative uh, two years later. I do want to say really quick, guys. I know you're wrapping up. Uh, the first time Brad Underwood was able to talk about Nicola Moretti, and he said, "Let me find the exact quote here." Yeah, we, uh, we mentioned that guy. He you did. Won't, yeah, won't be playing. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I think that's unsurprising. I'm so happy right? about that as a reporter covering Illinois basketball. Do we can say that to fans yes. now, right? Yes, and I mean, look, I, we didn't ask Brad Underwood about this. I saw Derek Piper uh, weighed in on the twitters.com, but at this point, I, I, I'm kind of operating under the same assumption with Zachary Perrine. Uh Brad Underwood's not come out and said that, but he's not, he's not in there, right? I don't think I would hold off my hopes of seeing this guy anytime. Maybe, maybe, right? Yeah, like I don't when, wanna... Lee, when Lieb gets in before him, yeah. Right, that's right. That, and that, that was a pretty telling uh, rotational decision. But it was good to finally be able to ask Brad Underwood about him. And, and he said the, the opportunity to bring him in at mid-year has kind of developed here um, as the recruiting process has gone on. But he's not yet – he was not here tonight in Minnesota. Sounds like he could be a weekend guy uh, coming in here late. But so it's an addition. Brad Underwood loves those mid-year, Jeremy. I remember when uh, I think Jacob Grandison, was he – no, maybe he wasn't. He was a full. He was yeah. a full season, correct? But he loves it, man. But Danger Fletcher, was, right? Dane Dangerous, Adam Fletcher, Palmer Johnson, C in August or September, right? I mean, that's kind of how, how those things move. Is it true that Lieb learned French just to tell Zach this is my spot? <laughs> I did not ask. That's a shame. That's a really – that's a big shame. I did – I wish I remembered his exact quote. I did ask. I was like, I don't think it was probably very fun going up against Kofi and Dane. Like, like eh, I mean, you know, no. <laughs> But hey, good for him, man. Right? I mean, it's right. he was big, yeah. dude. He he was he had flaws in that first half, but I, I wondered if Brad was going to go back to Coleman or Dane with two fouls, and he's been really kind of. I'm still not sure I understand his pattern uh, in its entirety with that because it's been kind of up and down. But he didn't. He, I think Coleman went out there for like 14 seconds and then uh, got pulled back to the sideline. But man, it Illinois needed needed all the depth they had tonight. Uh, Joey, we will uh, at some point do something on the law firm returning. Uh, obviously massive for Illinois football, and I, I wrote a what it means uh, on the site. So we'll do that at, at another time because it's just a, a huge, huge thing here. But my biggest question of the night is Lions Pub in the cards. Uh, Jeremy, it is not. And, and I'll, I'll let uh, you just I, – I, well, I don't think it is, and I'll do the math backwards for you. My flight departed at 8 45 this morning i think yeah. it was 8 45 which means you're there at 6 45 and those of us champagne commuters the sweet alarm went off at four so i'm not sure i've got any post-game beers in the cards i'm actually going to try to produce some content here but i stunner i know it's a stunner 
and then get up for a 7 a.m. Uh, trip to the airport tomorrow to get home. I offered you the 2 o'clock you flight. Did. You did. Uh, and In retrospect, <laughs> I screwed up. I should have taken that. <laughs> but I will say, I, I did walk the Minneapolis Skywalk today. Yeah. Remember, I think it was me and you pipes uh, when the hotel bartender told us they were like closed for COVID. They're open a little bit more. I almost got lost. I mean, it is that thing really traverses the city. I'm probably not the smartest dude in the world either, but it was uh, it's pretty cool. It's cold here. Nice having an indoor. Joey Wagner, our depth did show up today, though, just like Illinois. Thank you for stepping in for, for Piper and I, both a uh, little under the weather. So get get home before you catch whatever we got. Well, that's the dream. I mean, if I <laughs> Piper and I spent 16 hours in the car, eight hours cuddled up uh, in Nebraska. So don't, if don't we- put down the record. <laughs> <laughs> so if I, if I came back good from that, everything is everything's good. Joey Wagner, thank you, buddy. Thanks, man. All right. Good stuff from Joey in Minneapolis stepping up his game uh, to cover us there uh, in Minneapolis. Uh, Derek, before we get out of here, I just wanted to bring up uh, the Big Ten standings. Purdue at 6-1, and one, Rutgers 5-2, and two, Michigan 4-2. and two. Illinois and Iowa both have won four straight. Um, I don't believe in Michigan. I, I think they're really frustrating to watch, but they do have talent. Uh, but I do think the cream is starting to rise. Like I believe in Illinois and Iowa, just the way they play, the talent they have. I love Rutgers. That's my favorite team right now to watch in the Big Ten. And then Purdue's just consistent in a conference that isn't so consistent. So do you see anyone else sneaking up there and kind of getting up into that Big Ten race here? I would have said Ohio State. I mean, they were a team that I was buying as a sleeper or just I was higher on them than some people going into the year. But the fact that they've taken four in a row in terms of losses is tough to come back from. Again, it's a team that can really score – I still think they could make some noise, but in terms of like winning the league when they're already three down from Purdue, that's going to be tough. Uh, but I, I could see them rising up there and, and being in that top five. Uh, I would still have them kind of pegged for that. Penn State's not going to go away. I mean, they're going to be a tough team, especially when you play them in State College. Uh, I don't know that – well, Indiana? I mean, Indiana's going to be a tournament team. They're going to be a – maybe they're more of a middle-of-the-pack team. It's hard when you take two starters off of – any squad in, the, in this Big Ten, and that's tough for them. They don't defend well enough. I, that's why I picked them at the top of the league. Outside of just – they have talent, right? Like, they've recruited well. I just don't know if all that talent fits together. But Mike Woodson, I think they had the number one uh, defense efficiency in the Big Ten last year. Now they're eight. Like, that that's mm-hmm. – for a team that's going to struggle to score, like, they can't have that. Like, their shooting has actually improved a little bit. Um, still not great, but I, I can't buy them. I don't know if Wisconsin's talented enough. I, I shouldn't count out Wisconsin, but I just don't think they're talented enough. I do think Ohio State has it, but I think they're going through kind of what Illinois did of all these new pieces. You're going to go through some ups and downs, but they they just cloned Malachi Branham and have Bryce Sensible now, and it's right. he's, he's, he's doing a hell of a job finding these guys. He just can't keep them because like, they're too good. They end up leaving. Right, and they got to be able to close games. They've been in yeah. some really tight ones where they've lost. Uh, I mean, they could have been one and five, right? One and five was that. Rutgers. Was that one of Rutgers' two losses. Yeah, yeah, that's. So they are fortunate to even be a two and four, but they have lost some tight ones. Uh, got to be able to to win down the stretch. And yeah, it is just a entirely new collection of pieces for the most part, especially when you factor in Justice Suing wasn't with them last year. Yeah. Talented team could still get it together and be dangerous. I still like them. Uh, to make some noise, uh, even if it's it's just in the postseason as well. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Steve Peichel, hell of a job. Oh, he's, hell of a job what he's doing. Uh, he'd be my Big Ten coach of the year, and like Painters should be in that conversation too. But what Peichel is doing? Get a five star now? Like Rutgers basketball is for real. 
Um, fantastic job by him. Derek Piper, thank you as always, buddy. Fun as always, man. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in uh, on our Line Enquirer podcast live on YouTube. Give us a like, give us a follow wherever you are on YouTube. Also do that with our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And check out all the content coming to Line Enquirer. Derek Piper's going to have some player grades. I got a what it means on the law firm returning. And Joey Wagner will have plenty from Minnesota as well. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great night. And we'll talk to you next time on the Line Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.